0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Let's get into it, guys. So I believe that it doesn't matter who you are, you have dreams. I think everyone has dreams. Everyone has hopes. Do you have dreams and hopes for your life? Yeah. And some people at the start of a year, may sit down and write down their goals for the year. Do we have any goal setters in the room who actually put pen to paper and are serious? Yep. Awesome. We've got a fair few people. Each service, progressively, I'm seeing more and more people putting up their hands saying they set goals at the start of the year, which is fantastic. That's really, really cool. I've noticed that um, when you have dreams and you have hopes, a lot of the dreams and hopes that we have, they're based around the things that we desire inside. the the wants that we have deep down inside of ourselves. And you may be sitting here now and maybe the thing that you want most in 2020 is just less stress in your life. You just want less stress. 2019 was stressful. It wasn't a very happy year for you and you just want more happiness. Or maybe you're sitting down and you have more specific wants for 2020. Maybe you want this year to be the year that you meet the love of your life. Do we have any single people in the building? who are brave enough to put up their hand. Yeah. Oh, hey man, look around the room. Single people, look around. Yeah, so maybe that's the thing that you want more than anything. You want this year to be the year that you meet someone. <laughs> Jeez, gosh, we're going out to dinner afterwards, grilled everybody. <laughs> or maybe um, you have, maybe you're already in a relationship and may, maybe the thing that you really want more than anything is for your boyfriend to work up the courage to ask you to marry him. Maybe that's what you really, really want more than anything else, okay? Or maybe you're married. Maybe you're married. (laughs) Not picking on anyone. No one. Or maybe you're married and the thing that you want more than anything is to grow your family. Maybe you want to fall pregnant this year. That's the thing that's really on your heart. Maybe you're a young person and you just want to get into the housing market because that thing is tough work and your goal in 2020, you just want to break into it, right? You just want to finally buy a house. And I think to have dreams and to have hopes, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want things. It's the way we're designed. It's the way we're made. But we have to remember something really, really important if we are a follower of Jesus. And that is John 3.8. In John 3, 8, Jesus says this about his followers. He says that the wind blows where it wishes. You hear it sounds, but you can't see it. You don't know where it's come from and you don't know where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So if you are born of the spirit, that basically means you are a follower of Jesus. Jesus was talking about people who have been born again. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, You've laid down your life. You've started to live differently. You've been born again. You are born of the Spirit. Your life is going to look like the wind. Things sometimes are going to be unpredictable. Things may not always go to plan. So we can have wants and we can have dreams and we can have hopes and we can write them down. But you just got to remember, if the things that we really want for ourselves don't line up with the things that Jesus really wants for us, you can't be certain that that stuff is always going to come to pass. And you've got to be open for what Jesus wants to do. Has anyone ever lived through something, looked back and gone, oh my goodness, that did not go the way that I expected? Maybe you're sitting here today and so far your life has just not gone the way that really you've expected. And maybe it's been ever since you've given your life to Jesus. Jesus has promised us this thing, that life is going to be unpredictable. That is completely normal. So... If we can't always trust or know where God is going to take us sometimes, because and we can have hopes and we can have dreams and we can set our mind on it, but if Jesus says that our life is going to be like the wind and things are going to be unpredictable, then what should we focus on when we're making our list, when we're setting our goals? Jesus. Yeah, someone, someone said Jesus. Awesome, man. Um, that's why I love John 17. Because in John 17 the heart of God for His people is disclosed. We, ex- we actually get to find out what Jesus wants more than anything else for His disciples. So if we focus on the things that Jesus really wants for us, then we're going to live a really full and a really happy life. But if we're always focusing on the things that, re- w- the things that we really, really want, we might end up getting pretty discouraged because those things... God never promises that they're going to come to pass. So let's read John 17 and find out what Jesus wants for us. Does anyone have their Bible here today? A few people. I was talking to someone earlier who bought their nice new King James Version Bible. My man up the back there. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's cool. Hey, you got a phone? Feel free to get it out. Don't fall for the temptation to check Instagram or Facebook. Let's stay in the Word of God. So open up that Bible app and we're going to be reading out of John 17. So just a little bit of context here. Um, Jesus is sitting down with his disciples. At this point, he only has 11 because one of them has ditched him and gone to dob dob him in. Um, And the authorities are about to come. They're about to get Jesus and he's about to go to the cross. Now, the reason that Jesus is going to go to the cross is because he's going to die for the sins of humanity. There is this problem called sin And the Bible says that the penalty for sin is death and every single person has fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person needs salvation, but we don't have it in ourselves to save us. That is why Jesus came. He went to the cross to do what we couldn't do. He lived a perfect life and he died in our place. That was the primary mission that Jesus had when he came to earth. And he is about to go and fulfill his destiny, you could say. So it's right before he's going to his death which makes this passage that we're going to read that, more, that much more powerful. Because if you're about to go to your death, you better believe that the things that you're saying, you're going to really mean it. You don't have time to mess around. You don't have time for wishy-washy prayers. They're going to be really targeted, really targeted. And everything on your heart, the things that matter most to you are going to come out. So Jesus has been talking to his disciples for a while. They're sitting down. He, Jesus has been going on, talking about all this different stuff. And finally, he gets the end to the end of everything he's been saying, He stops, he looks up to heaven and he starts to pray and he prays out loud so that his disciples can hear, which I find really interesting. I'm really happy that he did do that or else John wouldn't have been able to write this. Um, So let's start reading. Now, gosh, in the first two services, we read all of chapter 27. Are you guys up for that? 17, sorry. We read all of chapter 17. Are you guys up for all of chapter 17? Do you reckon you can make it the whole way through without getting distracted and start sleeping? Ruth told me in the morning that about halfway through, she got distracted. And that's Pastor Ruth. So are are you guys good? Can you make it? Oh, she said she told me that in confidence. Sorry, Pastor Ruth. All right. So we're going to start at verse one and work through to verse 26. Let's do this, guys. When When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give him eternal life to all who to all who you have given him and this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent I glorified you on earth have accomplished the work that you gave me to do and now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world yours they were you gave them to me and they have kept your word how's everyone going good awesome let's keep going now they know that everything that you have given me is from you for i have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that i came from you and they have believed that you sent me i'm praying for them I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. That's part, so important. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the Scripture might be fulfilled." And, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not, not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so so I have given so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. We still going good? Yeah. We're almost there. And I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one just, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Wow so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me, because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Everybody say amen. 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 What a prayer. Wow. Does anyone pray that deep? Gosh. Awesome. So awesome. Awesome. In that chapter, Jesus prayed for himself, then his disciples, and then everyone else who will come to believe in him. In it, we get illumination about what God wants for us, his followers. So what does he want want for us? Well, let's start with the basics. The very first thing that Jesus wants for us in 2020 is this, to stay in the Father to stay in the Father. In verses 11 and 12, it says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. So I grew up in church. Anyone else here grow up in church? I've kind of been doing the church thing for a while now. Yep. Well, I grew up in church, and I kind of always believed in God, always believed in Jesus I was really grateful for Jesus. I knew that he saved me from my sins and I was really pumped about that. And I understood why church was important because you would go to church to say thanks to Jesus for everything that he had done. So you would go there, you would sit um, in the pews, uh, you would sing along to the songs and you'd start to really get those songs into your mind. You could sing them without even thinking about the lyrics because they're just like in your mind so much. And, um, and my parents were really passionate about it. So I, I kind of got a bit passionate about it too. And um, then there was also the preaching of the word, just like what's happening right now, someone would go up with a microphone, start to say stuff and I'll start to get a bit tired and I'll try and hold on and usually I didn't really make it the whole way but, but it was good, it was pretty good. And um, yeah, church was church and I, I, I saw the benefit in it. I realized it was a good thing to do. I always knew that going to church, it was a good thing to do but can I be honest with you? As a young person, when I went into church, I never really felt the presence of God if you know what I'm talking about. Like, I knew God was real. I knew going to church was a good thing, but I never really felt His presence. And He wasn't really real to me in a tangible way. And I think because of that, it kind of affected my faith. I believed in Him, like kind of a far-off distant God, but I didn't really believe that Jesus was really close to me just because I'd never really experienced it. Now, sometimes we can go through seasons of our life where God may seem distant even though you know he's there you may not necessarily feel his presence like you have in other periods of your life when jesus says stay in the father the reason he is saying that and emphasizing it so much for his disciples is because he knows that there's going to be periods in our life where god may feel far but we need to stay in him yeah. even when we can't feel him right. you got to stay in him even when you can't feel him. Jesus was about to go to the cross and he was about to die. His disciples who have been walking with him for over three years, I mean, they're used to the presence of God because Jesus was God. But now they're going to be separated from him. So Jesus prayed, Father, keep them in your holy name. They've been used to walking with me for so long and now they're going to be separated from me. Father, keep them in your holy name. And I've realized now looking back that even though I was... At church, and I couldn't necessarily feel the presence of God. God was in that building. God was in that church. You can see it from the fruit. The church was doing amazing things. People are coming to know Jesus. People have been discipled. Incredible things were happening. But I couldn't feel him. But that doesn't mean he wasn't there. And there's going to be periods in your life where you may not necessarily feel God, but that doesn't mean he isn't there. And we may not always have the answers for why we're not feeling him as much as we have before, but we just got to trust God in it. And believe that it's for the best. That it's actually good for us. God is actually doing something. So this year, when you go through periods where God feels distant, you need to make a decision that you're going to stay in Him anyway. You're going to stay close to God, even when you can't feel God. You're going to go to church, even though you cannot be bothered going to church. You're going to go to small group, even though, to be honest, you'd rather just have a night in because work was really, really tough. You're going to read your Bible. Even though often you pick it up and you read it and maybe one out of 20 times you read something that makes sense to you, you're still going to make an effort to read it anyway. I am the Bible guy, Ruth, that is true. And there's so many different translations of the Bible out there and there's so many different people that you can talk to and there's so many amazing courses that you can do that explain this thing to you. Really, we don't have much of an excuse here in, uh, in, um, in Melbourne in 2020. So make a decision that you're going to stay in God even when you don't feel God. And when you spend a lot of time with someone, got to clap, you beauty. (laughs) And when you spend a lot of time with someone, um, I'm not sure if you've noticed this before, but you can start to pick up on some of of their traits. Now, I've been married for Amy um, for a while now. And um, thanks, Sean. (laughs) And for about five months. And we now, we have a lot of the same sayings. We have a lot of the same jokes. um, We have a lot of the same mannerisms. Just five months of marriage, it's incredible what it can do. But I was kind of freaked out when I heard from someone um, who knows their stuff. He said that in a study, uh, it was said that for couples who've been married for a really, really long time, they don't only start to sound like one another and have similar mannerisms, but they can start to look like each other. They actually take on the physical attributes of their spouse. I'm sorry, babe. That's not bad for me. Not so good for Amy. But how crazy is that? And it feeds directly into the next thing that Jesus prayed for us. So Jesus also wants this for us in 2020. He wants us to be close to Him. He wants us to become so close that it's like we are one with Him. Not only one with Him, look at the person next to you. Now look at the other person next to you. He wants us to be one with each other. Now I don't know about you, being one with God is pretty cool. That's all right. But then being one with everyone else in the church, so connected, that can be tough sometimes. But Jesus prayed that he wants us to be one with him and one with one another. Jesus wants oneness for his church. In chapter, um, chapter 17, verses 20 to 21, Jesus said, I do not ask for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me, and I knew that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, that is ridiculous. Jesus wants us to be so close with one another, so connected, so in unity within the church, that our, our connection resembles that between the Son, the Son of God, and the Father. Now, within god is made up of three persons the holy spirit the son and the father they are all god yet they are all different persons there is only one god and together they are the one god it kind of does your head in but we are people and our brain has a capacity to understand god is above it okay so the type of oneness seen in the trinity he wants us to have that same unity that same connection with one another i don't know about you but that is intense but I understand why it's important because it produces strength. Lately, I went to the penguins. Has anyone been to the penguins before? A few people. But I noticed that when the penguins come up out of the water and make the hike across the sand into their homes, you never see them go alone. They never go alone. They get to the edge of the water, they group up in about five all the way up to 20, and then they do a little huddle together across the sand into their homes because the penguins understand one thing about themselves, They are hopeless on their own. Like they look like something good to eat for a predator. And to be honest, when we try and do life on ourselves, thinking that we're too good for small group, too good for church, we can just do this faith journey on our own. We're we're like a little penguin running around and the devil's like, wow, that looks delicious. Because isolation is the breeding ground for the devil. And we can think we can do life without other people around us, but we can't. And that is why small groups and church and community is so 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 important. Amen? Amen. 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 Now the next thing that Jesus prayed for is maybe a little bit more similar to the things that you may want for yourself or the things that maybe you've written on the list of the things that you want to achieve this year. That's because it's related to personal growth. So, I'm not sure that on your list of dreams and hopes you had be one with the Father. Achieve oneness with my mates at church. That's a little bit weird, but you may have written down personal growth. This is what Jesus wants for us as well. He wants us to be sanctified in truth and to live on mission. In verses 15 through to 19, Jesus said this, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I moved around a lot as a kid. I was one of those kids who went to a lot of different schools because my mom and dad were moving around a lot. Why? Because they're followers of Jesus. And when you're a follower of Jesus, your life looks like the wind. You don't know where you're going to go. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, mom. Um, so we went to a lot of different churches, a lot of different places, and a lot of different schools. So I went to a lot of different schools. And at the age of 12, we moved from Melbourne to Adelaide. Anyone from Adelaide in the building? Good. That's good. Okay. So, so we moved from Melbourne to Adelaide. And actually, Adelaide's great for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I noticed something. When I was in grade six here in Melbourne... My teachers would have described me as quite a sweet kid. Like, I was a pretty nice kid. Not when it came to sports, though. I was a bit crazy when it came to sports, a bit of white line fever. But other than that, I was a pretty sweet kid. Then we moved to Adelaide. And when I went into my school in Adelaide, I knew things weren't going too well when after a couple of months, one of the girls looked in me, into my eyes, into my soul. And she said you know, you used to be a really nice guy. Now you're just like all of the rest of them. Yeah. But you know what? When I heard that, I realized that I would compromised on my values to fit in. I realized that what I really wanted, more than I wanted to please God or do the right thing, I just wanted to fit in to the point where I picked up a really bad habit of swearing, used to tease people. And I used to not be like that. And the thing is, God wants us to be people who change the world, not be changed by the world. He wants, to, he wants us to be in the world, but not be of the world. But I was in the world and I had also become of the world. And you don't want that to happen. You really, really don't. So how do we protect against being in the world and becoming of the world when we're supposed to change the world? How do we protect against that happening? Well, Jesus says, sanctify them, in truth. Sounds kind of confusing, but basically sanctification is the process of becoming like Jesus. It's the process of becoming more holy. When you give your life to Jesus, He takes you on a journey, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, where He is forming you into the image of His Son. You are becoming more like Jesus, more holy. Now, He wants us to be sanctified in truth. Now, what is truth? Truth. This right here, this is truth. The Word of God is truth. Jesus wants us to be changed by His Word. He wants to get this book into your soul, into your heart. Now, it's really hard to get this into you if you never pick it up and you never read it. Jesus wants us to pick up this thing, meditate on it and read it to the point where it gets in us. That is what sanctification in truth looks like. And when you get that into your heart, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to start going, man, there's a lot of stuff going on here that doesn't really line up what I read in there. And you're going to be going, oh, you know, I used to do that thing. But to be honest, it doesn't feel right anymore. It just doesn't feel right. You're going to be able to look at stuff and go, that's of God, that's not of God. Because if you can't look at the world and determine what is of God and what isn't of God, if you don't have truth in you, then how are you supposed to change things for God? So we need to get that word into our heart. Then we can go out into our universities, into our schools, into our jobs, and we can be used by the Holy Spirit to do extraordinary things. But it starts with getting that into here. So we need to make a commitment in 2020. Write it on the list. Read the Bible more. Get sanctified in truth so you can go out and change this broken world. And trust, it really does need changing, doesn't it? Come on. So those are three awesome things that Jesus wants for us. He wants us to stay in the Father, right? Awesome, cool. He also wants us to become one with Him and also one with each other. He wants us to be changed by the truth and go out into the world and change the world instead of the world changing us or influence the world instead of being influenced. Now, you can have a you can look at all those things and honestly think to yourself, man, that's heavy. That's a lot, man. Even when things aren't going well for me, I'm supposed to keep going to church and keep going to Bible study and stuff like that, even though time's not really in abundance right now and I'm not really feeling like it. Gosh, God, you want me to really make an effort at church to really connect with people even when I'm not really in the mood, uh, even though it's not really convenient for me. God, you want me to make time to read this Bible? Gosh, it's hard to even understand. And that can be a lot and it can feel really heavy. But what we got to understand is the things that we really want, the things that we want, we think that it's going to achieve the voids in our hearts. We think that if we focus on our wants, getting that house, getting that girlfriend, getting that boyfriend, or getting that job, getting that promotion, we think that that is going to achieve sensations like peace, joy, contentment. That's what we think. And that is why sometimes we can put that stuff aside and just go with what we want over with what that says. But here's, here's the interesting thing. What Jesus wants for us may not align with what we want, but it actually fulfills the longings within our heart. Sometimes after small group, what I want more than anything is some Maccas. Can I get a witness? A few people. And I can be halfway through small group and I start thinking about that Big Mac. And it really just gets in my heart and gets in my mind. And after small group on the way home, I'll go past Maccas and I'll hide it from Amy so she doesn't find out. And I'll eat in the car before coming in. No, that's all I don't do. that. But, um, you know, after eating that Big Big Mac, after having those chickie nuggies, After all of that, I'm going to be honest with you. In my heart, I thought that after having that McDonald's, I was going to be satisfied. But after I eat the McDonald's, I don't feel satisfied. The void is still there, and now I just feel gross. (laughs) A lot of the wants that we have, a lot of the selfish goals that we set for our own lives, to be honest, when they come to fruition, they can just leave us feeling still empty. And honestly, sometimes a little bit gross. But the things that Jesus wants for us, closeness with Him, community within the church, going out and making a difference in the world for God, when you start to live that stuff out, that's going to fulfill the void. That's going to do it. When you start doing those things, that joy, that peace, that contentment that you're searching for, it's focusing on what the Jesus the things that Jesus has for you, that is what fulfills those things. Not doing the things that you want, but laying down your life and making the decision that you're going to go after the things that Jesus wants for you. Amen. In verses 13, Jesus says, But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus wants us to experience joy. That is why he said what he said. Not to put a burden on people and to have a really high expectation that we can't meet. No, no, no. The things that he said, he said for us because he loves us. He wants his joy to be in us. Then in verse 26, Jesus finishes off this long prayer, this deep prayer with this. He says, I made known to them your name And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus wants us to experience his joy and he wants us to experience the love of the Father. Please, this year, instead of going after the things that you really want, submit to the things that God wants for you you may just find the joy and the peace and the contentment that you've been looking for. Why don't you stand with me? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.